Welcome to the Aaron LeBauer Show. This is the number one show for passionate physical therapy and healthcare entrepreneurs looking to level up their income and impact on the world. If that's you, then you're in the right place. So sit back, chill out, and let's get into the show. Hey, welcome back to the Aaron LeBauer Show. Today, I'm going to answer a really common question I've been getting from the last few years, but I've heard this a lot. Should I go into business with my wife or my partner or spouse? Or, hey, I'm thinking about going into business with my wife, partner, or spouse. But really, the answer to the question is, it's kind of complicated. But I've had quite a few clients come through over the years who are in business with a wife, partner, or spouse. Some are in business with someone who they're not in a personal relationship with. And these answers still apply. But it's just a little bit more complicated when this is your like primary life partner as well. And I've had clients who've been really successful doing this. Some people who are doing great and they just, they're making tens of thousands of dollars a month. They're crushing it in their business. Also in the last year, I've had three clients leave our programs because of a divorce or separation. Um, people who've been in, in the program for a year, working together with a partner and then something changed or people just getting their business off the ground. I've also experienced my own divorce and we were partners in our clinic and it was really difficult and challenging and separating all our assets and things was difficult and challenging. My ex-wife and I were partners in our business, LeBauer Physical Therapy, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. Like when we started, I got out of school, um, I started the physical therapy business, and we both had separate businesses. She had a massage business and I had a physical therapy business, and they were separate entities. And she had her first child and came back to start doing massage and we were really in the same space. And it was like, to me, it made sense that we, you know, we don't both need new separate phone numbers. We both don't need separate fax lines or whatever, or separate email accounts or separate, like lots of things. And so I was like, well, it makes sense that we just run this business together and, you know, let's do LeBauer physical therapy and you do massage within the clinic. And it worked great, but it was interesting is because like I'd been in business and then we went and redid an operating agreement um, to include both of us. Um, so we had 50, 50 ownership in the business. Looking back, like that was a business we put together out of convenience, not because we both had a shared vision for where we wanted LeBauer Physical Therapy to go. Um, and it made navigating our work and our personal relationships really difficult. Though it wasn't the reason for our divorce, it didn't help right? It didn't, like that relationship didn't help. It, it helped in ways and in other ways it took away. And if I look back and go, gosh, you know, if there's one thing I could do to just make it that 10 years of our life easier would have been just really keep our two businesses separate because she had a very different vision for how much she wanted to work and where she wanted to take a business than I did. At the same time, there were times where she was aligned with me and it was like, okay, great. If you want to build this wellness part here, great. You've got like free reign to go do it. But that, even though she would say yes, that really wasn't her drive to do that kind of thing. Here's some lessons that I learned and some things that I've seen from other people, how to make this work. If you're sitting here thinking, I should go into business with my partner, the number one reason not to go into business with someone is to make your life easier. Most people come to me as a business coach. They're asking about partnering with someone because what they think it's going to do is take away some of the responsibility and risk. 
it's only going to increase your responsibility and increase your risk because now you're relying on someone else for the success of your business rather than just you. Being in a relationship for 22 years and a business relationship for over 10, it did make our relationship difficult. Like I said, it made things difficult. You know, it created some resentment um, and it's not good. So here's what I think if you're very, if you're considering this, if you're considering going to business with someone, especially a life partner, a spouse, um, or someone you're married to, um, you need to take a take a couple things into consideration. Number one, I'm just, I don't have this really written, but if you're not actually married to the person, if they're just like if you're an unmarried by law life partner, you need to have an operating agreement that describes and details what happens when you dissolve the partnership. If you're married, you probably need to have that. I think this is maybe at the end. If you're married, you probably need to have it. But depending on the laws of your state, it may or may not matter. Because like in North Carolina, once we're married, any any assets we acquire while we're married are equally divided among the two parties when you uh, separate and get divorced. Whether it's a business or a property or anything else. And that's, that's after the legal marriage ceremony or legal marriage filing. Okay, so you, even if you're starting a business and you decide not to do it with your with your wife, husband, you know, marriage partner, it's still, it may be, depending on the law of your state, 50% theirs, which is great. I mean, while I'm married, I was like, I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing everything for you and our family, for me and our family. Like, this is what I'm working for. Um, but if you're considering it, don't go into a partnership with someone to lighten your burden, to lighten your load, to make your risk less. Go into it because they have complementary skills or assets that you need to make this work. You need to have a conversation. No, so number one, you need to have a conversation with this person or people. You need to have multiple conversations, okay, over time before you make this decision and before you decide. And you need to even go into it saying, hey, let's talk about this. But if we decide that this isn't right for either of us, let's agree that that's the best thing for us. Because our primary relationship, our interpersonal relationship, takes priority over our business relationship. Okay, and it should. I've had, I've lost friendships because of a business relationship. I've lost, I didn't lose a marriage because of one, but it didn't help. Um, and I don't want that to happen to you. You need to have multiple conversations because you must have a shared vision with this person. You must have a shared vision for where you want to take your business and your company. Uh, how you want to do it, you, like you must both be aligned. Just like in your personal relationship, in your business relationship, you have to be aligned as like why this is important, where you want to take it, what does success look like, what does a day-to-day -day in the life look like, how much are you willing to invest in your time, effort, and money. You both must be willing on, to take on the risk. You can't coerce someone or convince someone to take on a risk that they're not willing to take on. If your partner is risk averse and you're like, I'll take a risk for the big reward, they're going to have trouble with you just doing it on your own and investing in coaching, much less partnering with you because they're going to hold you back. You have to discuss and divide your roles and responsibilities. Both of you cannot be the CEO. Both of you cannot be the marketing lead. Both of you cannot be the visionary for, for the business. Both of you can't be just the technician at first, especially like let's say you're starting a physical therapy business and you have 10 clients on the books. Like that's not enough for two people to treat. 
but that's enough for one people to treat one person to treat and the other to you know run the marketing or other to run the back end systems you have to divide your roles and responsibilities and have clear definitions of what they are and boundaries around what you're doing and when you can make a unilateral decision and when you need to check in with each other you also need to create boundaries around working together because if you're at home together and raising kids together and you're at work together you're spending a shit ton of time together and that may be too much for some people and for others they may thrive on it you may love it but you have to create boundaries around working together so you know when like when you can and cannot talk about work like you don't want your relationship just to turn into a work relationship because then it's no longer like a primary relationship. It's a work relationship all the time. So you should have a weekly meeting dedicated to your work and your business. I like Mondays. Mondays are great. Maybe it's Mondays and Fridays. You know, start the week, review the week. There's a lot of systems you can use. Um, but it's just like have a check-in, okay, and EOS... Uh, Entrepreneur Operating System has this um, level 10 meeting. We use it as an outline and it's great. It's like wins, check-ins, projects, fires. Are we on track, plan? Okay, what's coming up next and rate the meeting. I mean, but you just have a little system for checking in weekly about work, okay? And then have a weekly check-in about your relationship, but at a different time. So I would recommend do the work check-in at work during work hours and do the check-in about your relationship on a different day, maybe Sunday nights at home. And check in about your relationship. How are we doing? Where are we going? What's going on this week? Some logistics, some life plans. How are you feeling about this and that? Okay, and then you should also have a date night. More time, especially if you have kids. But even if you don't, like plan time to be with each other. Because look, relationships might seem like they should be spontaneous, but spontaneity doesn't always like win the game. You need to create plans for these things. And my recommendation would be to plan, like whether it's every Thursday night is date night, every Wednesday night, or even every Friday. Maybe you like to travel on the weekend, so every Wednesday can be date night. And you just go out to dinner, have a drink, maybe dinner in a movie, or you know, dinner in a show, something like that. And then my recommendation would be on date night, there's no talk about work. So if date night starts at six, if you need to finish a work conversation, have it before six and at six it's done or ask for permission. Be like, hey, I got a work thing that just needs to be taken care of. Can we chat about that for five minutes? Great, done. Okay, because what we wanna do is have some boundaries around this because a boundaryless relationship and work environment is gonna be really difficult to navigate. Ask me, I know. <laughs> but we put in boundaries and we had them but we didn't always stick to them. I could say it felt like one-sided, but you know, it, it felt one-sided sometimes. And I think because it was for me, I think, you know, even though sometimes she said she was okay with things, she wasn't, um, you know, did I not listen to that or hear it well or call it out? Like maybe I have some responsibility there too. I'm sure I do. Um, but there may be one person who seems to do more in the business and maybe there's someone who seems to do more at home. Maybe there's one person that feels like they're doing more in the business and at home. I don't know. It might be different for you or your situation, but it's not a contest. That's the thing. It's not a contest. It shouldn't be. It should be each person does their best to try to outwork the other, right? And if you really love your job and you love your work and you're aligned with it and you know your why, like there's some days where, you know, I've got the day free and I'm like, I just want to sit down and do some work. 
It's fine because I love it. But both partners should always be almost trying to outdo each other and just understand whether it feels like I'm doing more, like I can trust that the other person's doing their part. But if the other person isn't doing their part, well, then we do have a problem. And that's why these check-ins and boundaries and expectations are so important. You can see how it's much easier to start a business by yourself because you just have those conversations with yourself and not with someone else. And you don't have to meet someone else's expectations, whether they're realistic or not. So here's some other things to consider. Do you both want to fill the same roles? Like, are you both interested in being the visionary and leader? Like, or both treating patients or both doing the marketing? Or are your strengths and interests complementary? Like one person is creative and visionary and likes to set big unrealistic goals and, and try all these things and has all these great ideas. And the other person is more realistic and practical and is like, you know what, we shouldn't do that, but how about we do this? And, you know, and, and they're like more in the back, you know, this person likes to operate more in the background and do more of the back end work, the kind of systems admin stuff. And the other person is more like starts a bunch of projects and never finishes them. So the, the integrator person, the second person helps finish the projects while the visionary helps create them. And that can be a great partnership. Some of the biggest brands and businesses in the world have been built on a visionary and an integrator working together. Number two, my recommendation is you should have a trial period and an exit strategy if it doesn't work or feel right. It's almost kind of like you need to have a safe word, like pineapple. Like you get to a point and someone's not happy and they want out, like just, hey, write them a little note that says pineapple. And it's like, great, like no expectations. But if you can start there, if you can start with a, hey, if this doesn't work in six weeks, six months, a year, like let's just let's just call it quits and you do the other thing. You know, like, you know, for me, I would have said, hey, like, great. Like, let's just, you know, just do your thing. Great. Like, is that, but that wasn't going to change my situation because it wasn't about this. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think I said in the last episode, it's like the little things aren't the, aren't the problem. They're just like the symptom. But at the same time, if you go into this knowing, okay, look, if we're not happy doing this, this isn't enriching our lives. It's not making it better. Great. Like I want to do it and you're coming along for the ride and you say that um, this is all great. But if all of a sudden it's not and you went out, just say, hey, pineapple and great. Like we'll do something different because especially as a physical therapist, like there's not a lot of um, play, you know, places where you can't get a job. I mean, there's a lot of jobs out there available right now. And if one person is doing this because they they want to be helpful, great. But if they don't like it and it's not helping, like you can go back and get a job somewhere else. Maybe it's even better than the last one. But it really should be like a trial period. It's like, hey, let's try this for six weeks or a year. And if it's not enriching our lives and our relationship, like here's the exit strategy, okay? And I think I mentioned before, like there should be some kind of operating agreement that, you know, helps just even just deal with how do you dissolve the business or what if one partner wants to sell, even if you stay, like it, it should probably be there, although you probably don't need to go spend a couple thousand dollars making sure it's in there. Um, it also depends on the laws of your state. Um, but what I, what I don't want is your business and your partnership to be a liability for your personal relationship. Okay. Um, because it's hard running a business is hard and running it with someone else can be even harder. It can make certain things even easier though. If you're, like I said, 
a good match and complementary, those are hard, truly hard to find. It really is. Um, even in one of the books I'm going to recommend in a minute, they talk about how like a really true like integrator is really hard to find. There are two books that I recommend to all my clients who want to run a business or bring on a partner, and they are um, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Okay, The big uh, helpful piece in this book is how he details out how to break down all the different roles and responsibilities in your business and then assign them to different people. And at first, if you're a solo entrepreneur, all of those are going to be assigned to you. If you're with a partner, you have to split them up because it helps you see like how not how you both can't try to assume the same role because you're going to clash if you try to both assume the same roles. Okay, so that's what's most helpful about the e-myth. And then there's Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman. I mentioned EOS before, the Entrepreneur Operating System. That's um, also from Gino Wickman. But um, Rocket Fuel is a book that's going to help you see, like, are you the visionary and your partner's the integrator? Or are you both visionary or are you both integrator? Like, you can both kind of do some of the same roles. Like, I'm mostly visionary, but I fulfill the integrator role in my coaching business. You know, Caitlin's fulfilling some of the integrator role in the clinic right now. But... My ex-wife and I, we didn't fit the, she didn't fit the integrator role, you know, and, and she was almost more of the visionary role, but she didn't really have the visionary thing for the clinic. She did. She had it in a different way. And so those things didn't complement each other. Like it, it, you know, like I said, it was the the mistake that I made was it was out of convenience. I was like, well, why would we have two phone numbers? (laughs) It just didn't seem like that should be the case. But as I grew a different vision for the clinic and how I wanted to grow it, it didn't include her or she said it did and it didn't come along. So whatever. It's the fact is, is that you really need to have a clear like idea about what you're doing, how you both fit into these different roles and how you're both going to complement and help each other and how you can work together to help even more people in your area um, get physical therapy or get the services you provide. So how can you help even more people and help yourselves grow and thrive rather than create something that causes um, friction, discontentment, uh, discord, <laughs> you know? So it's called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber and Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman. Those two books I recommend to all of our clients. So for instance, um, Megan, Voss, uh, Megan Stinson and Caitlin Voss, um, they're not life partners. Um, they're just business partners. It was like, I recommended it to them. And, you know, they read it and it's like, Megan's like, I'm visionary, Caitlin's integrator. Um, Mike and Christy Bleffert, they run a clinic out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. They're crushing it. Same, same recommendations. And they've <clears throat> doubled the amount of time they can spend with their family and uh, travel with their daughter in, in a year. And, you know, they're doing incredibly well. And so these are the, some of the things that I've shared with them. I've shared with all my clients. I wanted to share it here on the podcast for you. Hopefully this helps you in some way. Hopefully you've learned something new, even if you are never deciding to open a business with a partner or you've considered it in the future. And there are certainly businesses that helps to have partners um, that go a little beyond the scope of this specific question, you know, where you have financial partners for a smaller interest. Um, there's a lot of different models um, and you still have to have really good contracts, really good conversations, and people know their responsibilities. And in some of those cases, you know, the partner's responsibility is just injecting cash in the business, not being a part of the operations. And they're definitely not a part of your everyday relationship and family dynamic. So 
Hopefully this helps you in some way. I'd love to hear from you. Um, reach out to me on Instagram at Aaron LeBauer. Let me know what was helpful for you about this. Um, maybe screenshot, share the podcast, share uh, what was helpful for you, tag me. Uh, I'll see you on the next episode. Peace out. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a five-star rating and review over on iTunes. And to catch all the latest from me, follow me over on Instagram at Aaron LeBauer. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.